0: This is a locker room production. Welcome back to CFB with JB or Talk With Your Pads College Football Podcast. We're going to look at some spring questions here for a bunch of teams. Today we start with Houston. Uh, The Houston Cougars came off a disappointing year with Dana Holgerson. And year two did not go as well as they thought after a disappointing year one where tanking was essentially primarily placed on them. Uh, There's a bunch of things that Houston needs to figure out heading into year three, but the biggest thing uh, we're going to talk about is what does it look like under Dana Holgerson with this team. First question I have is who replaces Peyton Turner. Uh, Peyton Turner was a guy who didn't get a lot of respect last year, even though he had a great year. Ten and a half tackles for loss, seven and a half sacks, and now he's off to the NFL. So who replaces him? Now no one's got the size and 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 the ability that he does with that combination. So it's going to be kind of a committee approach. Guys like DeAnthony Jones will step up, but the thing with Jones is right now it's it's pretty much the pass rush game for him is what he thrives at. But can he? go a different direction and he make himself more of a complete player can he play against the run and i think he gets a chance to do that this year and holgerson and defensive line coach brian ely has been they've been bringing in talent uh, missouri's trey williams comes in to compete for probably 6'4, 260 pounds he's a guy i think will compete with jones for that spot and it really depends on what doug belk's going to do with the defense now Obviously, Joe Cothman's gone now. Belk takes over. What kind of defense will he run? Will they run? Is it a 4-2-5? Is it a 4-3? Is it a 3-4? I, I don't really know, and right now they're starting spring practice, so they're going to find that out. But what does that mean for up front? Well, you look at one side, they had a defensive end, which is what Peyton Turner played, and then they had the Bandit spot, which is pretty much David Anini and Derek Parrish's spot. And both of them are back, but if they play two defensive ends, do those two become the starters still? Or they remain the starters, I should say. Does a guy like Logan Hall move out to the outside? Now you have Latrell Bankston coming in on the inside, which adds depth to that rotation with Chido, Chidozi Nwankwo. And I don't know, does that mean that Hall stays inside? I think he's better a better fit inside. He's really kind of found a niche there. Uh, But I don't know if he is a guy that's going to move out. Again, the Spring Ball will tell us a lot about that. But replacing Turner isn't going to be easy. They have guys to do it. It's just a matter of who actually is going to be able to fill that role. Now you have like Torres Payne is another guy who can move out to defensive end if needed. But will they do it? You know, there's... It's tough because the entire rotation is so deep. Now you add Bankston B's, you have Atlius Bell and Jermichael Neal. There's just not a lot of openings right now. So I think Turner spot is just the one opening, and it's a big one. So I, I think that right now you'll see probably Anini and Parrish on one side. You'll see Williams and Jones on the other side. I I think it should be Williams and Jones. On one side and, and the other and then you rotate in the other two guys but we'll see what the staff wants to do with that we'll see what belk's running for a defense you know we might see two traditional defensive ends instead of the traditional one and then the hybrid other so i i don't really know <clears throat> the second question that i think everybody has for houston is is clayton toon's job up for grabs the the short answer to that question is no, absolutely not. Now, does Clayton Toon have his his shortcomings? Yes, he certainly does. There are things that his decision making at times is poor. His he kind of just throws the ball up at times, put the ball puts the ball in harm's way. I, I don't know why he makes some of those decisions, especially when pressure's in his face, but. <clears throat> I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough to say, but it's a thing that Dana is definitely going to address. And it's something that, you know, it's a a flaw that he needs to fix because this offense is only going to go as far as he takes them. Granted, there are other things that are going to go along with that. And we'll talk about one of them later, but there are receivers there that he can work with. You have Nathaniel Dell there. You have Trevon Bradley, Christian Trahan at the tight, tight end spot is back there are options for him you know there's Jeremy Singleton's back they get uh Keyshawn Carter from Texas Tech it's not that there isn't talent for him to work with it's just a matter of you know he's shown that he can throw an accurate football that's the thing is he can throw a good ball he can throw the deep ball he can throw short to intermediate he can put drive on it he can put touch on it you, you name it Clayton dude can make the throws it's just a matter of consistency and not making those poor decisions. You saw what happened in the Tulane game last year. A couple mistakes, a couple turnovers can quickly change the game. Now, Houston came back to win that game, but you're not going to always do that. And that was a Tulane team that was trying to figure things out, uh, offensively at least, and you just can't do that. And if you're trying to make a bowl game, you're trying to turn things around, your quarterback has to be a guy you can rely on. Now, you know, Maddox Kopp and Sofian Massoud, they're both here. They're both on, you know, they're going to be on campus. They're going to be competing. I don't know if either of them will actually beat Tune. I, you know, my answer is no, they won't. But I think that the best thing for Dana Holgerson to do for Tune is to put him in a competition with those two, to push him to be better, to, you know, give him a, a glimpse of this is what's going to happen if you continue to struggle and you continue making mistakes. Now, it's not a threat. It's just, a, you know, you competition is is good for a team like this you know iron sharpens iron this is a team that needs to have competition it needs to grow as a team there's positions that need to grow to get better and quarterback is one of them and I think everybody gets a chance to do that here Tune spot might not ever be up for grabs but they might not tell him that they might just say hey you got to prove it here even though you've been the guy for us the last couple years third question is can the secondary take the next step now the williams and marcus jones are two of the best cornerbacks in college football i don't think they get enough love so maybe i should say underrated cornerbacks in college football mary williams is a solid player you know he's guarded the best even from Oklahoma's cd lamb two years ago uh granted you know houston got destroyed in that game but he held his own and marcus jones is solid at corner, but he's also the thing that he brings to the table too is he's an elite returner. He's one of the best returners in all of college football, and they're going to be solid there. Now, who do they have behind him? Because depth is going to be a concern. Guys get hurt. Guys get tired. Holgerson brings in Alex Hogan from Texas tech. Bringing in cor- a defensive player from Texas tech doesn't necessarily mean anything. It's not like a guarantee for really anything. Uh, Texas Tech doesn't exactly play defense, either does the Pac-12, but or excuse me, Big 12, and you know, it's just, eh, that is what it is, but you know, there are some guys that can actually shine, you know, we've seen guys in the past that are playing in the Big 12 just because they can't play defense, doesn't mean that there aren't good players there, and Alex Hogan was actually pretty solid when he played for the Red Raiders, so it'll be interesting to see if he becomes one of the depth guys. Two other guys, you know, I like that are Jace Rogers and Art Green. Uh, Rogers got more playing time than Green did. Uh, he's a hard hitter. We uh, There's a couple of big hits that he had last year. And it, it's a sign last year that this group is playing at a different level than we've seen in the last couple of years since we saw William Jackson and Brandon Wilson. And it's a, a group that's flying around. They're not afraid to make mistakes. They're still making mistakes, but they're at least – playing with an energy that we haven't seen in a while you know and that's a group that if williams and jones aren't on the field for whatever reason there needs to be less of a drop off when they leave you know last year there were times where as soon as one of them went out the other team decided they we're attacking whoever it is behind them and that's a that's a side that uh, of that defense that needs to get better now at safety there's a lot of options. And, you know, Deontay Anderson returns as a super senior. Javarius Owens, Garrison Vaughn, Hassan Hypolite, and Tabo Mwakadi, excuse me, Waniki, he, they're, they're all back. And while they have all had their moments, there are also some bad moments there that each of them had their struggles, and it just makes for an interesting competition. Again, competition is good, especially for this group, too. This is a group that I think is going in the right direction and Belk's done a really good job of getting them to a level where I feel somewhat confident in their ability to, to play. Now you're playing in the AAC, which is a conference known for offense and your DBs are going to get tested. If you don't have good DBs, if you don't have a good group, you're in trouble. And I think this is going to be a group that has a different, attitude again this year and it's going to be a good at a good attitude they're gonna head in the right direction they're gonna make plays and you saw they got experience last year and now they're a very experienced group so I think they can take the next step and that's a big step for this defense you know stopping at least what the run or the pass is something that Houston needs to do and if they can take both great but if it's the pass that's going to be big for them as well so that leads into the next question, uh, we'll, we'll actually come back to that one. So the the offensive line. Mentioned before, the quarterback, there are other issues that need to be addressed with Houston. Offensive line is one of those issues. Now, when you had Josh Jones and Jared Williams, Jones is obviously off the NFL. Williams is at Miami. He'll be back another year, for his seemingly eighth year of eligibility. Both of them were solid. You didn't really have to worry about that. Everywhere else was where you had issues. And really interior pressure was a big, big problem. Uh it's not like it's not like this team or this group I should say was dominant by any means. It was a group that struggled mightily at times, but there are also signs of of good play. And I think Houston fans are kind of just sick of the bad that they don't really see the good sometimes. There are some good things that there that are going to happen on this group. Uh, Louisiana Tech transfer Cody Russi is back or coming in, I should say. You know, he's a first team All Conference USA. He's going to be a solid guy. He has a nasty streak. He finishes plays. Does he play center or does he play guard? I don't really know what they're going to do with him here. But Jack Freeman is back for Houston, and he played center last year. Maybe they throw him at guard. Who knows? I I think Jack Freeman can be a good player for Houston. It's kind of like Tune; It's just a matter of consistency. But really, his is going to be health more than anything. So if he can stay healthy, I think he is going to be a solid option for Houston. Especially a guard play, which has been... Granted, Houston rotated so many guys. Last year on the line, they played 11 guys. So that's not exactly helpful when you're trying to get consistency and play on a higher level but we'll see uh Patrick Paul is I think can be an all-conference talent the question with him is just can he stay out of his own head this is a guy who can punish you he can play at a high level and he can bury you when he needs to unfortunately he also takes a lot of penalties because he's trying to bury you so much that he takes unnecessary hits on guys after the whistle or close to it when the play is not even near him. And he just like, he needs to figure that out because Dana last year didn't have a lot. He was on a short leash. We'll just say, and penalties are going to kill Houston. They killed them last year and you can't have that. And pressure up the middle is going to kill the offense more than anything. You know, if you don't get the playoff, obviously that's a big killer. But then if you don't give your quarterback time to throw, that's going to be another thing. But again, Patrick Paul, these guys have potential to be really good. Paul, like I said, can be an all-conference talent. He's got the size and the fr- – he's got the frame to do it. He's long arms. He's six seven. He's a big dude that can play. And, and it's just a – you know, it's just a matter of can he keep it together between the years, can he play consistently, and can he be on the field? Because if he's not on the field, it doesn't matter. And then you have, you know, guys like Max Baines and Dennis Bardo last year that were that were solid too uh Bardwell's another guy that had penalties at times and it's just you got a lot of players that can play and that's the thing that i really am excited about is there's a lot of people that have experience on this team there's a lot of people that can play at a high level it's just a matter of can you put it all together can you be consistent can you protect the quarterback can you pick up twists when you need to because last year a lot of times teams just had to put a little twist in and that's all that they needed to get past Houston and you know we've also seen that they they can pick up those blitzes they can pick up twists they're able to do those things we've seen it it's not like we haven't seen it at all we've seen it a little bit they're just not consistent and that's the biggest thing there so o-line and the quarterback they can figure things out this is a good team i don't know if it's a conference competing a conference championship team i wouldn't say that but this is a team that can be significantly better, and it's going to give a, a teams a lot of problems if they can put it all together on the offensive side of the ball, defensive side of the ball. And, you know, there's, there's there's a lot of potential in this team, which leads me to the final question is, what should we expect in year three from Dana Holgerson? First two years were not good. I'm not even going to lie. If there were not good seasons. Uh, you know, the first year, everybody's talking about tanking and, and whatever, and I don't I – don't, agree with that I just I think Dana found a strategy and now everybody's gonna probably use that if they're you know they have think about it if you have a team that is experienced you have some seniors coming back and you lose a couple of them to injury and you realize that there's a bunch of young players behind them that can step up and be really, really good. And they're able to redshirt. Why would you not have them redshirt and not come back for the rest of the season? If, especially if you start like one to three, like Houston did or old four or two and two, if it's not the season that you want, well, you know, you can, you can make that call. Yeah, sure. People are going to call you for tanky, whatever, but you're just doing what's best for you, your team and whatever player you're talking about in that situation. But then we go to year two, and year two was a very weird year for everybody with COVID and whatnot. Houston, obviously goes three and five. It's just not it's just not a good season, and uh, they struggled with COVID a little bit, and injuries were really tough on them. So you'd like to think that that won't happen again. So that leads us to year three. This is the thing that I need Houston fans to understand is that the roster that Dana Holgerson inherited was not good there are some talented players you had Marcus Stevenson Peyton Turner a bunch of guys that are really really good don't get me wrong but overall it's not it wasn't a deep roster there there is high-end talent places but then the drop-off was so significant that there's not much you can do about that and it doesn't happen overnight Dana can't just bring in 40 new guys that can play he has to do it within the rules within his restrictions And so he's brought in guys to compete. Nathaniel Dell is going to be one of the best receivers on the team. That's a Dana guy. You know, you look at he recruited Nwankwo up, up the middle. He was one of the best defensive linemen that Houston had last year. You know, even Marcus Jones. Marcus Jones comes from Troy. One of the best guys on the team. He's a great returner. He's going to be a good DB. There's a lot to like there. I just think that this is the first year now that a majority of the guys on the roster are Dana's guys. This is the year that Houston fans can actually make a good judgment of where this program is headed. Now, if they finish seven and five, is that what Houston fans want? No, they want probably eight plus wins, but seven and five, depending on how that seven and five is achieved is a good sign. I think that that's what Houston will do this year. And I think that, That's the floor, obviously, but that's a a step in the right direction. This is a team with almost 16 starters returning, and I think this is also a team that, you know, they have a bunch of Dana's guys back. And they have Dana's system in for two years now. This is the third year. Granted, they start. They have a new defensive coordinator, but it's going to be probably similar concepts. I don't think Doug Belk's just going to uproot everything. He might just keep the same base system and then just add some wrinkles into it, and add his own flair into it. This is a team that can be a, a good team. I don't think this is going to be a 10-plus win team. There's no way they go undefeated. That, that would shock me. You know, there are are concerns at every position. But this is also a team that I see potential in. This is a team that's very capable of winning eight or nine games. This is a team that now is really Dana's team. It's not completely Dana's team. I would say next year is when it's completely his. But this is mostly Dana's team. And I think that fans need to wait until after this year to determine. And if he doesn't meet the expectations, then yeah, by all means, go ahead and judge away. That just is what it is. But I think this is this is a team that needs to get a second chance, you know, or a third chance in this case, whatever. Just judge them after this year, see what they can do. And if it's good, then just accept that. And if it's not, then obviously you can go that direction. So this is a team that's very, very, very talented. I think that they can put all these things together. I like what the coaching staff is doing. I like the talent they have on the team. You know, it's – it's year three, it, there's a lot of potential, there's a lot of excitement going into year three, and right now they're going through spring practices, which is going to breed competition, it's going to make everybody better, it's another year in the offseason to get bigger, faster, stronger, all that stuff. So I think this is a good time for Houston to figure out you know, depth and other things that we just talked about with these questions. And I'm curious, you know, I I sent a poll out yesterday on Twitter asking, what are you most concerned about? It seems like the offensive line is everybody's biggest concern, but there are other things that also need to be addressed. So, with that being said, uh, we'll wrap this up. It was great to talk the five questions that the Houston Cougars Cougars have to address in the spring. You know, we'll be going through the AAC teams here uh, for the next handful of days and whatnot and let me know what you guys think if you have any other questions that I didn't address with Houston if I don't have any questions uh, or questions that I didn't address with other teams you know there are a lot of exciting teams in the AAC this year there are a lot of questions in spring and that's the best part about spring is asking these questions to do a deep dive into what do these teams look like you can follow me at Joe Broback I write for six-year sports and underdog dynasty I do the Underdog Dynasty AAC podcast as well. Uh, This is just a little side podcast that can go into things that I want to talk about. This is the Talk With Your Pads college football podcast. You can find that on Twitter at CFB with JB. And until next time, thank you very much.